Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur. We talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success, helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand. I'm your host, LZ, the mayor. Now let's get to it. All right, welcome to another edition of the Enterprise Now podcast. I am so excited. We have Deidre from <laughs> Cap Show. Inside joke in the green room, we were teasing. So I thought I'd execute that in the podcast. <laughs> nice. You did very well. <laughs> so, Deidre, how are you? I'm doing so well. I'm doing so well. Thanks for having me here. I'm super excited to talk to you. What I want to start off with is is really just asking about your journey into entrepreneurship. I found that over the years, there's some commonalities, there's some common threads, but I'm curious to know, how did you get into this crazy world? Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, so I, like a lot of poly people, to this separate. Uh, I was the typical first migrant child who was overachieving and did all the things right. You know, I took all the tests, went to all the great schools, went to university. I did have one failure, at least in my dad's eyes, because I didn't do medicine. That was the one thing he wanted me to do. And I did not do that. Uh, but I did a law degree instead, which, um, eh, you know, Never, never going to be as good. It was never going to be as good. Uh, but I went into banking. That was my first corporate job. And then very early on, I realized that was not really where I want to be. Just seeing, I was really fortunate because I was in these rooms with senior people because I was working on this really big project. But what that showed me was almost the politics. You know, we, we hear about that a lot, but until you see it playing right, at, right in front of your eyes, it's really hard to grasp what that actually means and almost who you have to become to be able to climb the corporate ladder. And I was like, I don't, I cannot do that. So I was at a big loss about what I was going to do. Uh, and my then boyfriend, Ben, was medicine, funnily enough, but he was miserable. He was hating it. Uh, we just moved out and we were, so we were both in this place of like, we don't know what we're going to be doing, you know, when we grow up and had no idea how to start even thinking about that. He started, we had to adult because we had just moved out, you know, so we had to like cook for ourselves and do things that are like, oh, this is what it takes to actually, you know, <laughs> live on your own. Uh, and, but he was really enjoying, he was enjoying cooking. He was really particularly enjoying baking. Um, great, much made in heaven. You know, he got to bake and experiment. I got to eat. And <laughs> he was experimenting with one of my all-time favorite desserts, with, which is a molten lava cake, one of those things where you dip into the crust and then it just like oozes molten chocolate. And 
we kind of, I think there was this moment when uh, we were sitting at, um, it wasn't even at a dining table, we were just at our coffee table having this dessert and we were like, is this something that maybe we want to explore? Do we want to actually go into the hospitality world? So that was actually our first business uh, was starting a dessert bar called The Chocpot in Sydney. And yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy ride since then. Got it. So that's probably one of the more atypical stories. Like, how do you just start a business? Is it <laughs> is it that easy? <laughs> no, it's really not. I don't know how, how we did it. You know, it's funny because I'm like, how the heck did we as like little itty bitty naive 20 something year olds decide that we could with no, by the way, no experience in hospitality, like not even to the point where it was a casual job, like nothing, right? How did we think that we were able to know how to run a hospitality business? We did not know what we're in for, like how much fit out was going to be, what we were going to be on hook for. We were in debt before we even opened because it cost a lot we thought that it would. And we had signed up to, you know, lease agreements and things like that on the hope that this was going to work, on the assumption that we were going to make this work. And that was all we had. We had literally, as I said, no experience, nothing, no backers, no mentors who were like, oh, yeah, we see something in you guys. Let us help you. Like literally nothing. I don't know how we... (laughs) We made that happen. I really don't. <laughs> Got it. So lessons did you take from that business that brought you to Cap Show? Oh my gosh. Okay. So that's a that's a bit of a journey on its own. Okay. So when we opened our dessert bar, we did it in the traditional sense of build it and they will come, right? We were like, oh, we know how good our product is. We're going to open our doors and people magically know. They'll come flooding in. We're going to be so busy. That was, <laughs> again, I tell you, na- being naive, right? And I think we all know in entrepreneurship that that is not how it works. And so we, oh my gosh, it was months and months and months of like cold, staring you in the face reality of like what, like we were bleeding money. As I said, we had all this debt. We had rent to pay, supplies, wages, every, like we were not making any money. And it was really, really hard because if we had the choice probably to shut it down, we probably would have, but we'd sign up to a three-year lease agreement. You can't just get out of those. So we had to make it work. And so that's probably one of the big learnings for, for us. So I always joke now, like if people are thinking about opening a hospitality business, I'm like, oh, don't do it. Don't do it. It is, <laughs> it is not the thing, especially if, you're, if it's your first business. But for me, when I look back at it, I'm like, it I'm so hard but because we literally could not get out it like we had to make it work it forced us to figure it out um, we had to figure it out so we did um, eventually we were able to actually grow the business so we opened five locations so we had four more locations of so five in total um, we also during that time opened a burger restaurant beside alongside that so we have two of those locations still operating in Sydney um, and then we went on this crazy, crazy journey. So I had probably about, gosh, three and a half years ago, we actually found out um, that one of our store managers of our highest gro- grossing stores, the one located in the heart of the city, had been stealing from us. Um, and he'd been stealing like hundreds of thousands of dollars. It was 
kind of, and that it took kind of something like that to to kind of almost like make us stop and really look at what we were doing. Were we where we wanted to be? Were we doing what we wanted to do? Because we kind of like, funnily enough, you know, I, we wanted to get out of corporate and doing these things. And, you know, for my husband, like medicine, where we just felt like we were on this hamster wheel and we'd sort of built our own, another hamster wheel, just looks a little bit different. And so it was kind of a, you know, it's but kind of also thing because it forced us to stop and take stock of where we were and what, and were we doing what we wanted to. So at that time, um, at the same time, I was actually exploring a fashion technology idea with another co-founder, Bonner, and I kind of just decided to, I was like, okay, this really awful thing has happened. It's kind of got me questioning everything, like were we in our lives? And I've always wanted to live and work overseas. So I was like, you know what? Effort. We're just, I just told my husband, we're just, we're going to, we're going to do it. We're going to move. We're going to go to New York. We're in New York, New York City. I, know, I just chose a city that I'd been to. I've, I've always loved coming here. And I was like, we're just going to do it. And I was like, and then when I was speaking to my, to Bonner at the time, I was like, what better place to explore this idea than the intersect, oh, the intersection of fashion technology than New York City? And I was just like, so do you, do you just want to come to? You just want to come to? And she was like, okay. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I'm here with my husband, my cat, and my co-founder in tow. And um, yeah, we kind of hit the ground running, you know, from day one. Just we went to our hypothesis was that we were going to have our main clients or customers were going to be college students or young professionals. So we went to Columbia University campus, NYU, Wall Street, and we just started talking to women, just started talking to them to see whether the thing that we were thinking of building was going to be worth it. Was it actually solving a problem that they had? And what we found in that process was that while it wasn't enough problem that would make them change their habits that they had already, like the ways that they were solving for it were good enough. And we just didn't have that kind of runway. So we decided to fail that idea. Uh, now, interestingly, at the same time, we were talking to some boutiques and brands because we needed sort of both sides of the marketplace. And time and time again, the one thing that they were saying they needed help with was acquisition. So we kind of fell into doing a bit of agency work for them, helping them acquire customers. And that was kind of a necessity at the time because we were like, well, we need to be doing something. We need to make some kind of money. But it wasn't really the type of business that we wanted to scale. So that then led us into going to coaching, funnily enough, because we were like, well, it's great to help these brands that have a following and, you know, you know, just need help sort of supercharging that. But what about people who are just getting started out. Um, so we went into e-commerce help men predominantly who were just getting their, their brand started up and going. And then through that process, through my process of struggling with content creation and social media and knowing that the best way to create engagement and connection with our audience is through storytelling, I actually, because my clients were like, okay, I get what you're saying, Deidre. I know I need to tell my stories, but I just don't, know how or I don't have the time or I don't so I was like okay something in this a way that I was even doing it where I could actually create a way to you put your stories into it and then it will actually create a bank of captions for you and that's how capture came about so now that's what we focus on so we really focus on helping entrepreneurs take the crappiness out of content creation um, through our software so through capture and also through, we have 
some courses and programs that also help with how to actually make it a pretty easy process to go through, not just the copy part of it, but also the creative part of it. So yeah, that's kind of, <laughs> in short, the, the journey. Very cool. Did I mark this down correctly in my notes? You said you take the crappiness out of content creation. Did I get that right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. But it is so true, especially we talked a little bit offline about the new economy and the direction things are going. You mm -hmm. have to be online. You have to be creating content. And the fact that you guys are solving that problem is, is really amazing. Now, what are some of the tips that you have for people? Somebody's listening to this podcast and mm -hmm. they're wondering, okay, on a practical level, though, how do I create content? Like, I, yeah. I understand what Capshow does, but how do I create content as an entrepreneur? Yeah, sure. So I, um, I, we start content hacking. And what that is, is it's because I know a lot of times when we get stuck, it's because we're staring at this blank page, right? And we're like, we know, I know I have to create something. I just don't know what to create. So content hacking has actually helped us really like shortcut this process. So what, what it is, is you find um, accounts that your you hypothesize your target audience, your dreamiest buyers are also following. And you can check as well. You can have a look at their followers. And then you find posts that are performing really well on that account. And then off these posts, you use that as inspiration for your own. So for example, um, we were, we content hacked to one of Gary V's posts and it was just literally, it was quite simple. Actually, it was a, um, a image, like an animated image. And he just had a quote on top of it. So we're like, okay, well, let's just try putting some kind of image ourselves. So obviously very different one, um, and a different quote. And, and we, and it, did well compared to, you know, some of the other posts that we're doing. So that's a way that I kind of build up a bank of, you know, inspo um, to begin with so that you're not starting from a blank page. So that's almost like I would say on the creative side, a really easy hack to just get you started. Got it. Now, kind of backtracking a little bit, you've done a number of different business ventures. Some did well, some mm -hmm. didn't. And uh, one thing that I always ask my guests is... I know it might be hard because if you're like me, there are several, but give us one. One thing that happened that you're like, okay, that was stupid. Oh gosh, where do I start with this? Do you want one on a bigger scale or one on a smaller scale? <laughs> I'll take, uh, I like the big ones. Big ones? Okay. All right. So I told, I spoke about how we grew the Chocolate brand to five locations. Now that sounds uh, we actually had to close a couple of them. Um, and that's because of just really stupid, bad decisions that we made. Um, you know, at the time it was easy to like blame the landlord and blame, you know, all these other factors, but really kind of with the hindsight now, when I look back at it, I was, I, we can only blame ourselves, right? Because at the end of the day, that was a decision that we made. And, you know, the one thing that I learned from those really, really bad experiences is that we can't let our egos drive our decisions. Like that's how you make really stupid, bad decisions. At the time, you know, again, we were young, we were naive. We just wanted to show the world that we were, you know, successful. We were this force to be reckoned with. We hyper growth phase, all of that. 
And because of that, and because of the fact that, yeah, we were courted, right? We were courted by these landlords and stuff who were like, you guys are the next going to be are the next big thing that's. And we let that get to our heads, right? We let that get to our egos. Um, and we, because of that, we made some really, really bad decisions. So yeah, so we talk and those kind of decisions, as I said at the beginning, they cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like we just from those decisions, we lost probably, gosh, over a million dollars, I reckon. Wow. I all yeah. Wow. <laughs> that, that's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> Talk briefly about intuition. I know as I have, quote unquote, grown up in the world of business, I've gotten really, really good at number one, knowing that I have one and listening to my intuition. Has that been your experience? It has um, to varying degrees, I think. So definitely beforehand, like I, I probably relied more on intuition and gut and my opinion. And that's just because I think, frankly, I didn't want to, I didn't, I kind of almost didn't want to learn the data. I almost didn't want to have to, I don't know, put in the time, put in the effort, put in the mental capacity, the headspace to learn it and then to have that help guide my decisions. Now, I mean, I still very much make decisions on intuition as well, but it's probably to a lesser extent um, because I, I, <laughs> again, with the benefit of hindsight and a little bit of wisdom, hopefully, I realized that the data really has to be the thing that drives you first. And then off the back of that, yeah, there's going to be some intuition involved because there's going to be some hypothesizing that you're going to have to do off the back of that data. And that's where I let my intuition then guide me. Got it. Very cool. Well, we could probably talk for another four episodes on some of the things that we've covered. But before we go, if people want to reach out to you, learn more about your current venture and yeah. or say hi, how can they do that? Yes. I'm on all social media channels. Um, so reach out to me on Instagram uh, or TikTok or Facebook. That's just my full name, Deidre Shen. Um, should I spell it out? D-E-I-R-D-R-E-T-S-H-I-E-N. And I do also have a website that's www.deidreshen.com and they can find out way more about what I do on there. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. No worries. Thanks so much for having me on. If you got value from today's show, we want you to join the Enterprises Elite email list for more nuggets and resources. And remember, no excuses, just execution. Go get it. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.